It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello, welcome to Tadcore Park, Menangle. Paul Cochran with you for another special episode of the Sprint Lane Podcast. Wonderful to be with you. Tadcore Park, Menangle today because it is the day before the biggest race that we have ever seen. The, the Tab Eureka, the inaugural running, the world's richest race, 2.1 million dollars up for grabs. I've got two gentlemen with me today who've got their eyes on that 2.1 million. G'day boys, Jake Webster and Jamie Denberger-Smith from the Summit Racing uh, what we're calling it, the slot. Uh, there's all sorts of different names that we can throw at it, but slot's probably the right name. Welcome, boys. Thanks for having us on, Paul. Uh, yeah, very exciting times. Uh, beautiful morning. Isn't it? Everyone's just filled them up, themselves up with coffee, and yeah, we're just <laughs> getting ready. I've been here for a few hours. I can tell you it has warmed up about 4,000 degrees from what it was <laughs> when I got here this morning. It was, uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a little bit arctic when I arrived this morning, but it's fantastic here. We're in the sunshine. The track is looking a treat. It's branded up. Like, you can feel big race in the air, can't you, Jake? Yeah, very, very exciting. And uh, to come out and watch the horses work, uh, obviously all the ones in the uh, barn here behind us, uh, see how everyone does things a little bit different. Also sort of builds uh, a bit of anticipation uh, for tomorrow night. So lovely weather. Uh, very, very excited and uh, looking forward to a great race. You guys have got your eye on one horse in particular in Cypher. Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, excited. Um, she's a good horse. Uh, she beat the boys last week down... In Melbourne, uh, it was, she was outstanding being off the fence and then being able to re- reel off those sectionals. I think she ran home like 53.5 or something along the lines of that. Um, she'll definitely be in it up to her eyeballs here, but they'll know that she's here, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when we first started talking about the Eureka and, you know, obviously Aaron Bain's in with, in with, with your slot as well. And Aaron talked about he intentionally was going to leave it pretty late to pick a horse because he wanted a form horse. Like, do you feel like that's what you've ended up with? Yeah, a little bit. Um, look, we were in negotiations early on, I guess, with a couple of uh, the, the key players in terms of, of the market. And then uh, from there, we sort of thought that when we didn't have them, uh, our best option was to try and target a horse that form was uh, peaking at the right time. And we sort of wanted to use both the Queensland Carnival and then obviously the Melbourne form to try and find one uh, that did do that. And that's sort of how we landed on in Cypher, um, obviously when we picked her as well, it was uh, before uh, both the Singo and uh, the Tasmanian race. So we were hoping that we'd get Marvel uh, too effectively and, and be able to drop in behind the Lost Storm. But uh, Captain Hammerhead there changes things a little bit. But obviously our run uh, last start was probably a career best in a lot of ways. So we're peaking at the right time and we think we have the horse uh, that can win it. I guess that's what you want, isn't it? Peaking at the right time. They're, they're the kind of buzzwords you want going into a race like this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she's definitely a horse that, like like I said last week, that was what I would think was her career best run for sure, taking on those open class boys. So she's definitely peaking. And then if she gets the right run in this race, she'll just give it a massive shake. Fingers crossed we are 1-1 with a bit of luck. Um, but we'll see what happens. Good contingent. Good crew you got here. Yeah, we've got a lot of people up here. Was so it around it? Yeah, we've got uh, tomorrow night, we've got a, a bit of a, uh, a party upstairs here as well. Uh, a lot of people coming over. Our slot's sort of been... A slot for the people and we've kind of sold out little micro shares and tried to make a bit of a uh, South Australia slot with certainly myself and Aaron being South Australian. So we'll have a, uh, a good crew here tomorrow night and uh, we'll give it a shake whether well, we win, lose or draw. So when the idea of the Eureka 
came up, what was it about being part of it that appealed to you guys so much? Yeah, so it's been done in the gallops before. It's tried and proven. Uh, the Everest is the biggest race in the world or mm. pretty much in Australia as well. Um, yeah, f- to come here, race for $2.1 million in harness racing yeah, in the Southern Hemisphere yeah. when you've got the whole world looking at you, this is, this is it. This is it. This is what harness racing needed to do. We've done it now. We've taken the step. Um, kudos to Andrew Kelly and his team. Um, yeah, just so pumped. And you guys, your, your slot, I mean, so Aaron, be remiss if it's not to mention Aaron Bain Racing as well. So we've got sort of this hybrid slot that you guys have got. Um, you guys have been on the front foot very early as sort of flag bearers for the promotion and publicity of this event. Um, you know, and that was part of the pitch with getting the slot too, wasn't it? What, what you could do to amplify the profile of the Eureka. Yeah, exactly. When we um, put in our submission, I guess, uh, to Harness Racing Australia, for us it was really trying to promote the sport um, to a wider community. We're lucky enough to have um, sort of 2,000 owners on our databases between Aaron Bain Racing and, and Summit Bloodstock, so that in itself is, is decent promotion. And then obviously we tried to uh, get Charles Oliveira uh, for the UFC down under as well, which um, would have been... A really, really big get if we could. Um, obviously, the only thing that precluded him coming was yeah, if was he had fought. a UFC fight. Yeah. Uh, and he had a UFC fight, so uh, he even tried to sort of move his camp to Australia yeah. and do all sorts to get here, but um, couldn't get it to happen in the end. So that was part of our submission, and certainly um, with the mini slots that we've been able to do as well um, through Aaron Brain Racing and, and Summit Bloodstock, we've tried to make our slot, I guess, the slot for the people where you can buy in for a very cheap fee and for the three years you can own for this year part of Encipher and then obviously years two and three, whatever yep. we do there. Yep. So it's been a real community thing for us and, and trying to um, spread it amongst our community and to the wider community. Yeah. Well, look, just to go back on the Charles thing, look, kudos to you guys. To say that it didn't get across the line is probably not really accurate because it did get across the line. It just so happened that Dana White and the UFC boys <laughs> pulled rank and said, I know you have to have a fight and, you know, the schedule started to... I guess, collide with what we were doing. Um, you know, Paul Rank is probably the word on it. <laughs> he was in. Like, you know, and, and I think to anyone who's probably, you know, some sort of doubting Thomas and saying this was all bluff and, you know, and smoke and mirrors, that, that's not the case. He was in. He yeah. was going to be here. We would have yeah, been he here was, right now talking to us. <laughs> he was definitely in. Yeah. Uh, the only part of the contract which would break the contract would be a title fight. And funnily enough, Abu Dhabi, I think it's the 8th of October, just slotted right in there. (laughs) He's got to do a six- to eight-week fight camp, so that just just ruled it out. It's unfortunate, but the exposure that it created was magnificent. Um, I think we were just talking the other other week about it was on Fox Sports, ESPN. That's our sport getting broadcasted to the world. Um, We did that. We're proud of that. Um, It's not dead in the water now. Uh, we will be talking to Charles over the next year, and fingers crossed we can get something so, out there next year. So where, where was it left? Was it left at, look, I can't do it this time because I've got to fight, but, you know, I, I want in. This, you know, the, the slot's there for three years and the relationship's there. You know, if we can make it work next year, it'll happen. Is that where it's left at? Yeah, definitely. At this stage, Charles will be back for year two of the Eureka. Obviously, again, it, it depends on how the UFC yep. is going, um, but certainly, I guess, the part, that may be a little bit missed with all of it is is Charles's passion for harness racing. Yeah. And that's really the reason why we went after Charles to start with is we didn't want to just get both an ambassador for, for our slot and an ambassador for the race that didn't really care about the race or the industry. We wanted to bring someone that, that loves it. And if you've seen any of his stuff, he's always over there driving his own horses and uh, he has a real passion for the sport. So he has a desire to be here 
outside of just being an ambassador. So I think that's the part that's exciting for us, um, for our slot, and also exciting for our industry is that he'll be here when he can, and, and when he comes, he'll be full of enthusiasm, and he'll really, really promote our sport to his fan base and to his community, which will be outstanding for our sport. So in that, that dialogue, what was he... What, like, because there was going to be the scratch race for him against Luke McCarthy. I sense he was pretty excited about that. Yeah, yeah. He Chance was, to drive he out here on the best <laughs> track in the world. And yeah, he was super pumped for that. Um, he's an extremely competitive person, as we know Luke McCarthy is also. Mm. So that would have been an event in itself. It wouldn't have taken away from the event, which is the Tabureka. But to bring those masses of crowds and cross-pollinate sports, um, have kids watching this and... Oh, it would have just been magnificent. But it's just put to the side for the moment and we're definitely going to be exploring this option next year. Well, and the good thing is, you know, he, he's got such a massive fan base right across the world, particularly there in South America where he's from. But all those eyeballs are going to be on our race tomorrow night, you know, as a result of what we already established with Charles Olivier, aren't they? Yeah, and I think in some ways it was almost free advertisement in the end. Um, obviously him being here would have been better again, mm. but we've already been able to put the sport out through Fox Sports, ESPN, through that kind of stuff. Charles will be watching the race and we'll already be able to have some exposure. So uh, hopefully that builds from this year and then if he can come next year, it builds into that and it'll be a really exciting year two of the Eureka. What's it going to be like watching the race tomorrow night knowing you've got a horse in the world's richest race? I mean, you, you can't lose, really. <laughs> I mean, you're going to win it, yeah. but you can't lose because you're in it. Well, know, I, I haven't had a beer thing. for about five months. I'm pretty sure there'll be f- <laughs> several drank tomorrow night. Um, it's going to be nerve-wracking stuff. We've also got Spirit of St. Louis in the Lensmith Mile, um, drawn barrier one, so that's another nerve-wracking Perfect. moment for yep. us. So it'll be what it'll be. Um, we just are so blessed just to be in these races, pinch yourself every day, and harder you work, luckier you become. Got the right horse? Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, we think so. We obviously need luck, and I think that goes for, for most horses, but... Hopefully the way the draw is set up, that there may be a bit of tempo on and if we can get a good run, like Jamie said, in the one out, one back or even on the rails and, and we get out, I think last start shows that she follows speed really, really well and you probably need a horse that can do that over the longer trip and also the, the Menangle Straight being a, a bigger track and a longer straight, it, it sort of gives those horses a good chance to, to get into it. So we need the luck, but we have the right horse that can win if we get it. So the, in the preferential draw system, did that sway the decision on the horse in any way for you guys? Most definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Put point blank. Most definitely, um, yeah. When when it come down to the nitty gritty and those ones in the pointy end of the market were taken, like Jake said previously, um, we had to try to find a point of difference, and that was our point of difference, the barrier draw. It was just unfortunate that Captain Hammerhead <laughs> snuck in there, but it is what it is. We're in the race, and fingers crossed. Like yeah. I said, we're one one. Catch a wave in front, doesn't hand up, and then see Dang. what happens. Here you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, just super exciting. So, like, when you go about trying to pick a horse, how do you, like, how many conversations are we talking about that, that are kicking around? And, you know, it must be like a, I know you guys are businessmen, you know, outside of this, like, are you spreadsheeting this thing and plotting a path, beautiful mind, sort of numbers on a, on a glass window, or what are we working with? It's a little bit like that. Um, but obviously, in some ways, we represent the people that are in the slot with us. So obviously there's negotiations around the deals and, and some people as a slot holder may be willing to give more to the, the horse owners than perhaps what we can. So there's a lot of those little negotiations that go through it as well. And then I guess you're also trying to find the horse that you think can win on a deal that you think is fair. We, we're not just representing ourselves in it. We are representing everyone else as well in our brand. So 
it's a bit of a balance for us that may be a little bit different for other people that can just sort of offer more up uh, to try and get those key horses. But we're pretty happy with, with where we settled. Emma and uh, Clayton were pushing this horse to us for a long, long time. And I think that common sense suggests they know what they're doing. So if they're pushing a horse like this that's working with all their other good horses like the Lost Storm and obviously Captain when they had him, it's a good good indicator to us that you know if they're happy, we're going to be happy. So fingers crossed they're right and that we can run a good race. Well, if Emma, Emma and Clayton are happy, that, that's a couple of pretty good you know, minds when it comes to this sport you know, that you can, you can sort of tap into. Yeah, yeah, we learnt very early that they're the boss. So, yeah, we're, we're happy just to keep it that way. Yeah. As long as they win us races, we're happy. Yeah. Um, so no matter where you, you know, the, there's conversations and opinions when it comes, not just in harness racing, but when it comes to racing, everyone's got an opinion on the eve of a big race, you know. Um, a lot of talk around Leap to Fame, a lot of talk around Catchaway, not a lot of talk around in Cypher. What do you say to those people who are sort of putting a pen through your horse? Do it at your peril? Yeah, I think you're silly to put a pen through really any of them. Um, you know, th- these kind of races build a different pressure that some of these horses haven't seen. Uh, obviously, Leap to Fame raced the older horses through his Queensland Carnival, but a lot of the other ones have been protected from the older horses, and I think it was a good indicator for us last week to have in Cypher race, I guess, more seasoned horses and certainly the boys, because that's, I guess, what she's going to have to do on Saturday night. So I think that... Um, for us, to, that form line is, I guess we're sort of hanging a hat on that a little bit. And also the fact that Emma and Clayton have been really bullish that she's probably better driven the way she was last start. A lot of her group one wins, she's drawn to lead and, and she has led and she sort of only has to do what she has to do to win. So I guess from the eye, her wins aren't brilliant, um, but they're really, really keen. That it's racing though, isn't it? Yeah, what's in front of you. So under the radar, do you think we could, we could yeah. apply that term to, to Encypher? Yeah, she's definitely under the radar. Um, like I said, she just needs the right run. If she gets the right run and the race is run the way that well, I see the race, um, a lot of people see the race differently, but if it's run that way, then we're definitely going to get our chance. That's all we hope for. We get our chance and just hitting the line hard and fingers crossed he's good enough. Who you got to beat? Who do you I'd th- definitely leap to fame. Leap to he's fame. unbelievable what he's done. He's just a magnificent horse. Um, yeah, if he has an off night, that's probably yeah. our only chance of beating him. And the draw's not favourable either. Yeah, so, yeah the yeah, draw's not, but he's had very, very bad draws all the way through pretty much that horse. Just finds um, Yeah, he's just an absolute superstar. Probably as good as, if not better than Lazarus in my eyes. And yeah, we've watched a lot of replays, seen a lot of horses, and I would definitely put him up there. What about, one last day, yeah, the, this track, an angle can make or break horses. You know, we've seen some come here and thrive, others that just can't handle it you know it's a long way home once you turn for home yeah it's a very what, very what's your thoughts on in cypher and, and how <laughs> Cypher's going to handle this track it's a very daunting for horses when they get to the end there and they look down that long straight um if in cypher's following a helmet that's perfect world scenario i'm yep. sure she'll be fine yeah well good luck boys thank you very I, much I, I, I sense an excitement but a bit of a nervous energy <laughs> from you too like it's a <laughs> No, no, no nerves on my end, not no? yet anyway. And you can't control what you can't control. Yeah, nothing we can do. We've got Luke McCarthy on, it's his <laughs> problem. Yeah. And the yeah. Peronis will fix That's it That's a good later. get, isn't it? Getting Luke. Yeah, outstanding. Obviously, Kate's driven him, I've driven her the whole time through, and we would have loved to have her stay on. No problems with that, but she's got catch a wave and, and was committed there, so no better driver for Menangle than, oh, than exactly. Luke McCarthy and probably helps overcome some of those, those doubts about the track and all that kind of stuff and where she's going to be from the draw. I mean... He's the best in the business and probably the best at this track. So 
Um, fingers crossed he can get her into a good spot and give her a chance and I'd, she can do the rest. I'd be intrigued to know what the market value on Luke's engagement might look like. You know, if, if it wasn't Luke, what price, you know. I wonder yeah. whether they've shifted the market based on the Luke McCarthy factor a little bit because there's no better Group 1 driver than on this track than that man. Yeah, well, if it was Race 1... She would have been a lot shorter because race one, Luke McCarthy's <laughs> luck pikey in the last. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good, boys. Good luck. I mean, this is regardless of the race, this place, this whole precinct is just going to be absolutely pumping. I mean, it already is, but it's going to go up several notches over the next twenty four hours. And you know, the the hype and ceremony around the race is brilliant. Um, you know, birds. Of, you'll be front row, birds of Tokyo. You, I mean, you're you're already. Alluding to being several beers deep, so yeah. I'd imagine that'll be the close. Every yeah, beer you'll definitely. get closer and closer to the birds of Tokyo. Yeah, well, if we win one of these races, probably won't see it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'll be laying somewhere. Boys, good luck. Um, can't wait to see it, how it all plays out. Uh, of course, the Tab Eureka Saturday night. You'll see it on Sky Racing. You'll see it on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Uh, last word, boys. Get on in, Cipher. Each way, all day. <laughs> Good luck to everyone listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, don't forget Tab Eureka, uh, Tabco Apartment Angle, the world's richest race, $2.1 million up for grabs. Can't wait to bring it to you. We'll see you then.